Hey friends, Emma here. I've been out sick over the last few days. Don't worry, I'm doing much better now. But in my absence, good friends of the podcast, Nathan Wagnon and Hannah Stobbs jumped in. That said, as we finish our study of Song of Solomon, you'll get to hear snippets of their conversations and I'll add some of my own commentary. So the episode may be a tiny bit longer. In today's episode, we are wrapping up our study on chapter 7 and taking a look at chapter 8. And as we finish the book of Song of Solomon, I wanted to give you a heads up that the content is in nature very adult. That said, if you're listening with children or minors around or nearby, we'd recommend you listen by yourself first before listening with kids. All right now, for honest, reading the Bible consistently can be a challenge, but it's never too late to start, and we're in this together. This is the Join the Journey podcast. Thanks for joining. Hannah Stobbs here with the Watermark Institute, and we are concluding talking about the book of Song of Solomon. So if you are new to this podcast or this is your first one, stop, pause the podcast, go back to the beginning as we really break down a book of the Bible that talks about the love that a man and woman have for each other that God chose to have in the Bible. And again, I'm here in the podcast studio with Nathan Wagnon. What up, Hannah? Welcome back. Seriously, thanks for being with us again. Faithful Watermark member, Eden Project. Heck yeah. Theologian, the list goes on and on. Oh, you know. And so let's jump back in as we're wrapping up the book of Song of Solomon. Yeah, so we left off in the last episode where, you know, the man and the woman are back together. Um, Thank and, goodness. <laughs> yeah. It was on and off for there, a while. It, Where it is, is he? He it is on and out. off. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, there is, there's this sense now of the woman who is identified here. There's a little bit of, not a little bit, there's some confusion about what's exactly meant by this. Mm-hmm. But she's called a Shulamite woman, Security, or yeah. sometimes it's it's translated Shunamite. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that either is a place which is in northern Israel, or it might be a play on a word, um, a common word, shalom, okay. that is basically means like complete, or in this sense would be like the perfect one. So some some uh, translations have uh, return, return my perfect one, right, or or the perfect one that me, we may look upon you. She answers with again, if you're a if this is a, uh, if you've listened to this, then you know, if this is a teenage girl mm-hmm. with all of the, you know, with all of her raging hormones and desires, but then also all of her insecurities, yeah. then she's also going, well, then why, like, why, why would you look on me? Yeah. Right. So the, there's this sense of, of modesty, of a sense of, like a maybe a lack of self assurance or something like that, but she also may be fishing for a compliment. <laughs> Could be either one. <laughs> She's either ba- really bashful, really modest, or hype me up. Tell it's, me, it's probably both. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so he totally. I mean, she tees it up and he knocks it out of the park, right? Yeah. Because again, he <laughs> chapter seven, he goes right back into all of these strange compliments or yeah. what seems like strange compliments uh, to us in the West, but. Um, again, in their context, he's basically going, hey, you're set apart yeah. um, from all of this and uh, from all of the other, you know, women out sure. there. And then he's also saying, and and I also really enjoy your garden and yeah. really enjoy your fruit. Yeah. And she affirms that um, in verse 9. She's like, yep. You know, he, he says in verse 8, he's going to climb the, the palm tree, lay hold of its fruit. 
Her breasts be like clusters of the vine, the scent of your breath like apples, Mm -hmm. your mouth like the best wine. And she goes, yep, it goes down smooth. Yeah. (laughs) For my beloved, it it glides over the lips and the teeth. I mean, again, I mean, the poetry is doing its work. Yeah. Um, and And she is happy. She is contented that her beloved's desire is for her. Yes. So, like... He's saying, yeah, you're set apart, but then he's showing her that, and she is fulfilled. Yes. She's going, thank you. Like, yes, that is what I want. Yeah. Um, And so she... She continues in seven, um, eleven, like, hey, let's let's <laughs> let's keep this thing going. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like this is good. It's good. I'm I'm going to continue to open myself up to you. I'm going to continue to give you my love. We're going to continue to roll around in in the grass and you know in the springtime and enjoy the fruit. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, now that brings us to chapter eight, which is super interesting. Mm. Because in chapter eight, it starts off where she goes, hey, I wish you were like a brother to me who nursed at my mother's breasts. If I found you outside, I would kiss you and nobody would despise me. Mm. Interesting. So what she's, she's doing is going, hey, there's something about this relationship that is not acceptable in the public square. Yeah, um, we see it multiple times in the book where yeah. she's going looking for him. She can't find him. She grabs him and takes him to her mom's house, yeah. you know. And then she opens herself, and he's gone again. And there, there's something about it that's just not quite right, yeah. you know. And uh, and and yet her desire for him just continues to to go. Yeah. And uh, again, she wants to she wants to bring him into the house of my mother. <laughs> she loves that house. <laughs> but what but what's represented there is safety and security mm, and like validity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And she's does she she yearns for that and in some way is not getting it. And then again in verse four, she warns the daughters of Jerusalem for the third time. Yeah, don't stir it up. Or awaken it until it's until it's ready, and uh, there's something about this. It's both broken and beautiful at the same time. Hmm. The beauty of it is the human rela- is the the relational love between a man and a woman, um, who are both consenting, expressing desire. Desire is being fulfilled. It's a, it's a good thing, and yet the brokenness of it is that it's not in the fireplace mm-hmm. um, where it belongs. And, and yet, um, you know, the, the descriptions of the fire are no less powerful to go, hey, he, his hand is still under my head. His right hand continues to embrace me. Yeah. So it's a clearly sexual euphemism. Mm -hmm. And there is clearly a desire from her for Solomon Mm -hmm. to, to validate their relationship, like publicly. So what's happening here? At the end of chapter seven, the woman said this, 
Come, my beloved, let us go out into the fields and lodge in the villages. Let us go out early in the vineyards and see whether the vines have budded, whether the grape blossoms have opened and the pomegranates are in bloom. Then I will give you my love. Verse 13, the mandrakes give forth fragrance. And besides, our doors are all choice fruits, new as well as old, which I have laid up for you, O my beloved. And the essence of what she's saying here is that As the man and the woman have reconciled, as they've strengthened in their relationship, she wants to be intimate with him. And she's reminiscing on the intimacy she shared with him in the past. And, candidly, she's wanting to keep things fresh. That's why she says, And beside our doors are all choice fruits, new as well as old. New as well as old. What they experienced together in the past. So then in chapter 8... When she says, oh, that you were like a brother to me who nursed at my mother's breasts. If I found you outside, I would kiss you and none would despise me. Uh, She's not actually saying that she wishes her husband was her brother. She's wishing that they could appropriately show a little bit more PDA, public displays of affection. And so the, the other people, the community, also chimes in and goes, hey, because she says before opening at the beginning is uh, where she's like, I have to tend my own garden. Yeah. Right. And and I can't like my brothers have have not protected me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm open. I'm kind of I'm vulnerable. I have to care for my own garden. Right. And then um, the community comes around and says, yeah, we have a little sister. She has no breasts. What should we do for our sister on the day when she's spoken for? If she's a wall, we'll build um, on her a battlement of silver. But if she's a door, we'll enclose her with with boards of cedar. This is the community coming around the little sister, so to speak, to go, mm. hey, we will provide protection for you. And uh, and then she, again, um, is crying out. She was like, yep, I was a wall. Uh, my breasts were like towers. Then I was in his eyes as one who finds peace. Solomon had a vineyard at Baal Hamon. Mm-hmm. He let out the vineyard to keepers, each one of them was to bring for its fruit a thousand pieces of silver. And then again, um, depends on how you read this. And I read, I look, I, I completely acknowledge that there are other interpretations other than for this. For sure, for sure. This is the one that makes the most sense to me. Take it for, take it for what it's okay. worth. But she goes, yeah, and my vineyard, my very own is before me. Solomon, you, O Solomon, you may have the thousand. Right. And the keepers of the fruit, 200, right? And and yet you can't, you don't own me, hmm. right? Yeah. So there's this sense of, there's this sense of, yeah, I know you've got all that other stuff. And yet I'm still an individual here. Like I'm not your slave. Yeah. He beseeches her one final time and says, okay, You know, oh, you who dwell in the gardens with companions listening for your voice, let me hear your voice. And so there there seems to be this, there seems to be this unresolved tension between them at the end where she is going, hey, I am not just a number among your many other numbers. Right. I have a name. I have a, I have a voice. I have my own, my very own vineyard. Yeah. Um, that I that is mine, and you don't get to own it yeah. as the king, so to speak. Yeah. But I will continue to give it to you. Hmm. And that's the like. Yeah. That's the part again where it's like love is as strong as death, man. Yeah. Like you can't drown this out. 
And so he besieges her one and she's like, hey, then let me hear your voice. And it and it ends with her going, well, then come on. Yep. Make haste. <laughs> Be like a gazelle. Again, the gazelle is a, is a, a symbol of virility. Like, like come. Like, yeah. come back into uh, my pasture, into my garden. Yeah. Um, and be like a stag on the mountains of spices. And so at the end of the day, like, it's so back and forth, which again is the human experience, right? Which is so cool. And yet there's also this tension where I think it there in, in some ways is really sad that you're like, yeah, man, and it's not, it's just not supposed to be like that. There's a better way. And uh, does God bless the sexual act between a man and a woman? Absolutely. As long as it's done his way. And when it's not done his way, like, it, it's it's very dangerous. Um, and I think that that's what we see with this really unique love poem um, that was written a really long time ago. Yeah. So. And it's, again, a truth that applies to all of Scripture, the gifts that God gives us when they're done the way God would have them mm-hmm. and use the way he would want them. That's when things can flourish and are good. Sure. And yeah, use not yeah. just for our good, but for his glory. I mean, think about what she, you know, would would have been saying if, you know, he didn't have so many wives and concubines. Oh, sure. And this was a procession that that could be validated. And she didn't have to go keep grabbing him and pulling him into her mom's house. Yeah. yeah. And asking him to, you know, put a seal on his heart. And, and it's because right. at the end of the day, the reality, the historical reality is Solomon's heart was completely divided. Yeah. Like she does not get his heart. Yeah. Not at all. In fact, very, I don't think anybody did. Hmm. He was just, <laughs> he was sowing his seed, man. And, uh, and, and he, and again, I think you look at the history of Israel and uh, they paid a really high price for that because um, his son was a complete idiot and and the kingdom divided. And then that opened them up to exile. And I mean, you yeah, you see all of it. So it's a it's both a celebratory poem to go, hey, we we can celebrate the act of of human sexual love. And we can also lament the fact that um, at least in this case, there is this uh, pretty significant element of it that's just tragic. Nathan's right. It is absolutely tragic that relationships are broken because of sin. But the good news for us is that because of the gift of Christ's life, death, burial, and resurrection, we, having been empowered by the Spirit, are to be ministers of reconciliation. That's all we've got time for. But as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.